and welcome to the Perfect Provender podcast. I'm Jodie and today I'm joined by Jack from Rydell Vineyard. Hello. So we're going to be chatting a bit about the vineyard that they have here, uh, not far away from Moulton. And how long have you been running it now? We've, we've been here just over, a little over three years. Three years, right, three cool. Years. Yeah. So can you tell me a little bit about what it's like to be the most northern vineyard, other than it being cold? <laughs> um, it's uh, it, it's unique, it's it, very unique, um, but um, I don't think it's going to be unique for all that much longer. There's a lot of people now setting up vineyards in this area, certainly in the last sort of five years. It's yeah. become a bit of a, um, ironically, a hotspot for, <laughs> yeah. uh, for vineyards across across Yorkshire. So uh, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's definitely uh, a positive for the future. Yeah, yeah so a bit of a sort of diversification for farming, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so tell me about how you ended up working and having the vineyard. Um, now then, we're going back a few years now. Uh, about sort of six or seven years, my father and I, we started a landscaping business. my father started a landscaping business. I won't take any credit for that. Um, <laughs> but uh, we started a landscaping business, worked primarily in the York area, um, and through the summer it was obviously very busy but during the winter times nobody sort of really needs any landscape work yeah. doing um, and luckily we were just uh, we lived at Leppington just over on the other side of the valley and um, we came into contact with the uh, the owners of the vineyard at the time and during the winter time we managed to secure a contract for the pruning uh, aspects of, of the business um, so we started doing that for several years and um, when they came round to retire, um, they sort of offered the business to us and whether or not we'd be interested in taking it on. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it seemed that we were mad enough yeah. <laughs> to give it a go. So we uh, we, t- we took over. Yeah, so obviously that, really. you knew quite well from having dealt with it. Yes, and then... yes. And during, towards the end of his retirement, we sort of got more and more involved in the winemaking uh, side of things. And, and so we felt relatively confident yes, at the time of taking yeah. over. We sort of knew what we were doing, yeah, <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> yeah. yeah, thankfully, yeah. <laughs> and was that quite, were you into wine as such before? Um, not me particularly. I think my parents <laughs> yeah. might, yeah, without... Uh, <laughs> I know she's listening across yeah. in the other room, but uh, <laughs> yes, uh, certainly they, they had a, uh, an interest in wine. Um, yes. For me, I don't think I was really old enough <laughs> to appreciate it, I, I don't think. But as, as years have gone by, yes, yeah, I've realised the significance of it. it. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I heard it when I was at the christmas market in malton i heard your dad quite promptly telling somebody that you do not sell prosecco yes. like, do you sell prosecco yeah <laughs> no, <laughs> not, absolutely not, around not <laughs> yes yeah, yeah yeah so um did you have to do quite a lot of sort of traveling around and learning about wine and yes yeah so um to begin with for the first year um we we gave it a go and we were pretty happy with the results given it was our first year um, of, of um, being in charge of the range, really, in the business. Um, and then as into the second year, we, we then da- went down to Plumpton College, where we sort of got the significant certifications yeah. to make wine. And yeah. that sort of reinforced our idea of, you know, what we're doing is the correct thing, and we're yeah. doing it right. So um, Plumpton College was, uh, was in a, you know, quite, quite a way to go, uh, all the way down. On the, you couldn't get further south, unfortunately, but um, <laughs> it, it was a, a trip worthwhile, and it yeah. taught us a lot of lessons. Uh, you know what to not what not to do in the in the future. So, yes, yeah. Um, it was uh, yeah, it was beneficial, and uh, so now we've we've officially signed yeah. off. <laughs> we yeah. can do it properly. Yeah, <laughs> yes, there won't be many colleges and universities There's not, teaching up here. Certainly not up here. No, yeah. no, that is something we we'd like to push forward, but um, it may be something for the future when we. Yeah, because you do a lot of tours 
bars and tasting things. We, we do. do. Yes, yeah. yes. And we, we often get a lot of volunteers who are interested in learning how to prune and right, okay. uh, learning how to make wine. Although we're, we're not a certified college as such. But, no, but uh, it's nice to have people enthusiastic absolutely, about it. Absolutely, yes, yeah. definitely, definitely. So um, talk me through what an average week would look like for you because obviously it's going to be quite different to traditional farming or anything yes, like that. Yes, so. yes. Uh, the, um, the winter time at the moment we've got uh we're going through the stages of pruning so right now we've just hopefully today just finished pruning our 10 acre field at paradise farm um and uh, and then we'll we'll come back up here to Farfield and finish off the pruning here so in the winter time it's pruning um and then as we come into spring uh we'll probably uh, start to um maintain and repair posts uh, it's very difficult to repair the wires and the posts and the infrastructure the vines when they're all spread out all over the wires so yes. once you've cut that down then it's easier to to gain access to to replace posts and all the rest of it so we'll repair the vineyard after any battering storms that we might have had <laughs> through the winter time and uh, and then begin sort of cutting the grass taking sort of the dead weeds out anything underneath the vines will clear that away yeah um, and then into summer when the, the vines really take off sometime around uh, sort of mid-May, early May, um, it's, it's just a case of uh, keeping the rows nice and tidy so we can get the tractor up and down to mow the grass and yeah. uh, keep the airways clear underneath. Uh, we tend to let the, the grass grow around in the orchard because um, we, we sort of want to attract sort of with wildflowers, yeah. uh, sort of bees and pollinating insects. So we'll let that grow out a little bit. Um, and then um, again, once we come into harvest, we'll we'll trim the foliage back on the vines, expose the, the grapes, um, and then harvest is probably sometime round. Well, begin maybe the end of August, depending on the weather. Yeah. It's been a bit of a miserable <laughs> year. It might be a little bit further further back, but uh, if it's any summer we had last last year. Uh, it was tend to be a couple of weeks yeah, early, so yeah. we're mid mid August. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Um, do you call in any extra helpers then? When it's yeah, we've hard got a to... we've got a mailing list of yeah. uh, enthusiastic helpers. Yeah, no, we we do get a few. Well, I say we get we get a few. We have a lot of helpers. Yeah. Um, so I imagine when the time comes, it's like go go go. Yes, pretty yeah. much. Yes, it's it's often uh, very last minute, and we try not to pick. Um, on a cloudy, rainy day, if possible, um, which of course, going into the winter time, sort of yeah, autumn time, shall I say, it can be a bit picky day. Yes, so. yeah. Um, but uh, yes, it's usually last minute, uh, but we have a, a great response from people enthusiasts that, uh, yeah, that like to come out like every it. year. Yeah, well, good on them. Doesn't want to get involved in wine. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> right, that's right. And usually they get slipped a bottle of wine at the end, yeah. so it's not <laughs> it's not a bad deal really. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so tell me about the different products then that you have. So yeah. I've tried obviously quite a few of them and yeah. a big fan. Um, particularly it's the Paradise The one. Paradise, yeah. yes. Yeah. Um, so obviously that's named after the other fan. That's right, um, yeah. So the other ones that you've got going, what, what are they? Yeah, so we've got three whites. Um, one is called Yorkshire's Lass, uh, which uh, funnily enough is a sweet and fairly complex uh, uh, wine. <laughs> Let's be careful with what I say there. Um, and then um, we have a Yorkshire's Lad, which is yeah. more of a straightforward, uh, <laughs> simple blend of grapes. Um, both, of course, are fairly dry. The, the last tends to sort of be a little, tastes a little sweeter, although it's yeah. a medium dry more than anything. Yeah. Uh, and then we have a very dry white called East Coast, which, uh, again, ironically, is not 
particularly dry. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we have a rosé named after my auntie. Uh, that's called Rosie. And then we have a, a red called Strickland Red, which yeah. is named after the local estate around this area. Ah, okay, yeah. Um, and then we have the Dalesman. Other than the Paradise Sparkling, we have a Dalesman Sparkling, which is sort of a pink, um, again, a medium dry fruity yes. uh, uh, wine as well. So, And uh, how do you cycle sort of which wines? Because I know sometimes when I've seen you at Malton, you've got yes. a certain wine with you and you haven't got other ones. That's so. right, yes. Unfortunately, we don't really have uh, the uh, capacity to uh, make both the sparklings at the same time. Yeah. So we alternate. It tends to be sort of eight eight or nine months between right, the two. Right, okay, uh, yeah. So one time we might have the Paradise, the next time we'll, we'll have the, the Dalesman. And we can only sort of make about 500 bottles at a time. So right. it doesn't last particularly long. And I imagine long. it's in quite high demand as well. Yes, yes. Yeah. Certainly going back into the summer uh, months again, when the weather warms up, they, they yeah. fly off the shelves pretty quickly. So yeah, the, at the end of summer, we might be without a bit of sparkling. Yeah. And, and waiting <laughs> desperately for the next <laughs> for batch the next to come song. through. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, yeah. And do you supply to... Um, local shop stall or is it mainly just through customers that come directly to you and yeah we we sell a we sell a lot here at the vineyard obviously doing the tours um we sell a lot through the tours um as for um supplying uh, shops we we supply uh, sort of uh, castle howard we go as far north as sort of newcastle yeah and as far south as uh sheffield so we're uh, we we send a lot out that way as well, and yes. all the local farm shops uh, are quite interested as well. So yeah, it's, uh, there's a, a lot of delivery yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and running around uh, Yorkshire, but uh, yes, yeah, it's uh, just enough for us because we have to balance it. Obviously, we don't have a huge amount of wine, so we have to be careful yeah, about throwing wait, it out too quickly, supply. too soon. So um, yeah. it's uh, yeah, it's a careful mathematics yeah, game. Really. Who gets what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Goodness. And you were telling me a bit. Uh, before we started recording about um sort of what you're thinking in terms of future like how long you would have to think ahead if you were to plan yes new vines now so yes what's the time scale on doing that yes as i was saying the the difficulty that we have with vines is that we plant vines usually around april time just yeah. as a certainly after the the late frosts if any have, have definitely been uh, ruled out yeah as a possibility so we'll plant probably late april and then um you sort of have to wait three years uh for for the crop to come through um and obviously all the time you have to maintain them keep them straight you have to rub the little buds off that, that come <laughs> out um and, and make sure that they're growing vertically because they only come Two is at about sort of six or seven inches tall, right. so we yeah. obviously need them to be sort of waist height. Yeah. Um, and and that takes a few years, three or four years, and then after that you can get begin to form the fruiting arms for the future. So yeah, yeah. After about four years, it takes. And the the difficulty that we have is we plant these vines, and then we have to maintain them for that long before we even get a return get or even think about them. Yeah, returning. yeah. Um, and then the crop we tend to get from them after four years can still be a little acidic. Um, and so we're quite reluctant to use it with our more mellow uh, yeah. grape juice that doesn't really contain the same similar acidity. Although we do have um, ways and methods to combat acidity if we need to. 
but um, you don't really get an awful lot of very high quality grape juice at four or five years. So yeah. it could be seven, six, six or seven longer. years. Yeah, yeah. yeah where so you yeah. really get anything any decent out of them. So it's a big investment and a, yeah. um, a big chunk of time yeah. used up in just <laughs> keeping like them going. Them <laughs> yeah, literally, they're like children. Like child, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah. Goodness. A yeah. wine bearing child. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Some would wish. No <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so you spoke a little bit before about pruning um, the vines and things. Mm. So I'm sort of quite interested in the the farming methods you use. It's yes. You use farming probably quite loosely, but sure, um, sure. yeah. It's presumably quite a low impact. Um, yes, yeah. The benefit that we have is um, we sort of we can monitor the weather, and um, in previous years we were able to monitor the particles in the air as well. So um, from a farming perspective, in terms of spraying, um, we use um, a copper solution f as a foliage feed for the vines yeah. uh, if and when we need to, particularly on days that perhaps uh, there is a, a bout of weather that's coming around where it might be overcast for quite a considerable amount of time leading up to the development of the grapes. Okay. So we can feed them if we need to. Um, in terms of... Um, uh, sort of what we like to call mixed weather where it's raining one day hot the next raining the next after that uh, can be a bit troublesome for downy mildew and, and the yeah. mold so we we can use sort of a my father's a more better scientific person than I am but uh, it's almost very similar to bicarbonate of soda really and it sprays okay. it onto the vines onto the yeah. grapes themselves and, and protects them from from the mold and mildew that way um so with that in mind, we were able to predict, uh, looking at the forecast and, and yeah, trying well, to work out when is it best yeah. uh, to spray and um, really choosing the opportune time to, to do so. Because it saves us money, not yeah. constantly spraying all the time. Yeah. Uh, and of course, it's better for the environment and the land as a yeah. whole anyway. Um from a pesticide uh, point of view, we don't use pesticides. Um, we tend to, because wasps are a, a real nuisance, certainly in towards the end of the of the year when the grapes yeah. begin to split and they're very sweet. Um, we tend to try and catch the early wasps, uh, the sort of the scouts, so to speak, and then yeah. the, the the remaining <laughs> uh, group of wasps don't tend to follow after that. So if you can yeah. catch the early ones, they're not too much of a problem later on in the, in the season. Uh, butterflies are a bit of a nuisance. They they like uh, the, uh, the the juice of the grapes. Oh, really? Yeah, I never would have thought. No, of no, that. not many people do. But uh, yeah. obviously, we uh, we we kind of enjoy them, so yeah. we don't get rid of them. They no. they're happy to stay. They're all right. Yeah, they're allowed. Um, but. Um, of course, you can attract those in and they're very beneficial to the orchard. So yes. we, we let them slide. Um, <laughs> during the winter time, uh, rabbits are a bit of a nuisance. Um, so just to combat that, really, we, we tend to just wrap around um, tree guards, uh, yeah. vine guards, uh, and then they're not too much of an issue. During yeah. the summer, they don't bother at all. They've got better things to chew and eat. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so that's it, really. Um, and, and, you know, we, rather than uh, working against the environment, because it will always win, um, you sort of work along with it and, yeah, and do your best to... It sounds like because you're, you know, not farming on a absolutely colossal scale, yes, you can monitor we, the that's weather right. and adjust accordingly. And, Absolutely, yes. Yeah. And, and it saves time and money in the long run as well. Yeah, so and like you say, it works with the environment rather absolutely. than fighting it. Because they'll always win, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yes, there's no keeping them away, absolutely. 
Um, so where do you think you want to take the business over the next few years? Um, jokingly, things? before we recorded, I said upwards, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. That, that is uh, <laughs> ideally, <laughs> definitely, yeah, uh, yeah ideally. Um, I think we, we've got big plans. We've, uh, we're renovating an old Shire Horse stable outside. That's going to be a new tasting area. Um, we're renovating the B&B on rainy days when we're yeah. not outside pruning. Uh, we've got a few of those coming up, no doubt. Um, oh, a great place to come and stay. Yes, yeah. <laughs> sure you'll be yeah. fully booked. We are. No, really, this this year we're doing very well. Weekends are fully booked all the way up to the end of the year again. Yeah, so the B&B has really taken off. Um, and, um, yeah, so, so we've got big plans. Um, so... It's, it's difficult to say what we're going to do in five years, but certainly in the next couple of years, yeah. we're, we're looking to really expand and renovate the, the area as a whole. Doing yeah. a lot of landscaping, we've got some wooded area, we'd like to plant snowdrops and make a sort of snowdrop walk. We're making a new heritage uh, apple orchard just by the side of a house here. Loads and loads of yeah, things. Yeah, so just, really uh, embracing every little bit of the absolutely, and, and really showcasing making, what you've got. Absolutely, yeah. and making the most of it. Absolutely. And yeah. um, in terms of the tours and tastings and things, how mm. often do you run them? Usually, we try to aim for every weekend. Um, we um, it, it's quite difficult because sometimes family stuff. Uh, get snuck in. I'm getting married this year, so there's a few weeks, <laughs> few weeks, uh, <laughs> pretty weekends uh, that's, that's missing there. But um, yeah, we do try and run them every sort of Saturday, uh, sort of two o'clock, um, and uh, the occasional Sunday here and there when yes, time yeah. permits. But um, we usually have all the details on the website anyway, and can, people can just book remotely for yes, that as well. Yeah, so, yeah. And yeah. do you, and do you think obviously with the dead, the dreaded B word Brexit and yeah. things, um, do you think the sort of British wine producers mm. are going to see mm. um, a bit of a surge, or is it already quite? It's big... yeah, that's a that's a difficult <laughs> question to ask, and I get asked it a lot more than I than I plan to yeah. uh, to give an answer for it. Um, I think uh, <laughs> from a wine uh, uh, maker's point of view, um, I would like to think that. The government and indeed the wine industry as a whole will try to encourage people to shop yeah. um, from home. Really, yeah. Um, we've, I think, it, and this goes um, again for many other uh, wine producers. It's always very difficult to compete with wines further afield from yeah. New Zealand and France and Italy. Their wines are far cheaper, um, and certainly from our perspective, we're quite a small vineyard, so. Um, costs tend to be a little bit higher because uh, yeah. we don't really we're not able to bulk buy essentially no, no. Uh, so it's a little bit more difficult um, so I think hopefully uh, with Brexit there will be a greater focus on local produce yeah. homegrown produce but it seems to be people it. are starting to make that shift aren't yes, they? Like, I know I we've agree, yeah. you know, in the past year really tried to reduce our food miles and things like that mm, and actually yeah. seeing you know when we've been molten market it's been great for us yes, um, that's where yeah. we found you guys and yes. think oh wow so many less miles on this wine than definitely, any others and definitely. you kind of appreciate it much more and are going to enjoy every mouthful I'm not saying you wouldn't enjoy another wine but sure. you really appreciate it absolutely and, and absolutely where it's come from. yes definitely and I think that that transition has changed and people are now realizing the quality of, of products grown not only here in the UK but yeah. certainly you know onto Ireland and, and the rest of it yeah. Yeah, closer to home rather than Embracing halfway what we've got yeah, yeah halfway across the world you yeah. know so <laughs> definitely yeah that, that that really is taking effect 
and and do you think the future of shopping is gonna go that way and will you know people will be shopping at markets yeah and yeah i think it already has yeah i think that it's already sort of um happening (laughs) definitely i think there is a trend and it has taken a little while um certainly when we first started doing the molten market um before we even had the business i would do the odd uh, saturday for for the guy who owned the vineyard back then at the time yeah and um the the market was um fairly quiet yeah. it was uh, a steady day yeah now ma- the market's full and it's it's yeah, packed it's and certainly the the food festival is a huge hit yeah um, i think across yorkshire we've spoken to people from all over the uk that have come to to come and have a look around yeah so, i know when we're chatting to people they come from miles yes and yes and even from the continent as well yeah. so not that i don't think they came just, just over here just for that yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they uh, they said how wonderful it was and i think markets across the uk will will uh, not that i can speak for them but i'm sure that they'll agree that yeah. it really is picking up and hopefully definitely. the small independents on the high street and things will start will to benefit as well yeah particularly Absolutely. within the, the food industry really seems mm. to be mm. sort of yes it, i suppose yes definitely um, again going back to molson if you look at the shift on what's been going on in in the marketplace yes, there with yes. all the little independent coffee shops and things like yes. that they seem to have really had a boom absolutely um, so hopefully it'll have a bit of a knock-on effect on all the other producers locally. yes absolutely molten five years ago was a, a chain of empty and, and decaying buildings yeah. and now they've really turned it around and yeah. it's a, a, a definitely a food capital we're very lucky to be quite so close yeah. to a place that sort of embraces local produce yeah definitely. yeah well let's hope it causes a, a knock-on effect to yes. other, other towns yeah, and areas no doubt. as well yeah absolutely yeah. and so my final question is if you had one tip for somebody who was thinking about starting mm. um, their own small business or pursuing a passion um and starting a business in it what would that be um from our perspective uh being a family business i think um and i'm sure for many other people to involve your family and, and rely on your family get support from your family um we were me and my mum were talking about this before you arrived and we said that um you know not everything goes to plan and uh, <laughs> sometimes you really do need your family to step in and, and give you the support you need yeah uh, so as yeah. a family business uh, we do shout and argue yeah, with each yeah, other uh, quite a lot uh, but um we've all got the same goal in mind and, yeah, and one way or another we team, yeah. plenty of compromises um but we always make the right decision yeah. as, a, as a family so and that's definitely. the thing you know, family will understand more than you know Yes, perhaps and things definitely, like that. Definitely, definitely. I know um, Alice, who I spoke to at the Bishy Way, she was saying when she started up, she was very much like, right, am I family on board? Are they yes. behind me? Because I'm going to need you. Definitely, um, definitely. So it's interesting you said yeah, the same I thing. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The success of the business relies on the, on, on family, I think, yeah. definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Oh, well, right. thank you very much you're for very giving me your time today and sharing what you're doing here because it's it's brilliant and it's really quite different to speak to someone who's running a vineyard yes um and i wish you all the best because it sounds like you've got lots of exciting plans and i'm sure i'll be back yes absolutely (laughs) thank you and good luck with the wedding yes thank you for that yeah i need that yeah (laughs) that's the hardest getting in the way of the wine (laughs) yeah (laughs) great thank you very much you're welcome thank you jody